0: Welcome to Desert Island Reflections. Another business leader has washed up onto the shore of a desert island, clinging onto a treasure chest containing the makings of their success. Join us as we prize open the padlock on a micro library of three books that have shaped their career so far. Plus, a phone containing just two apps they can't function without, and of course, one luxury item. Who will our castaway be today?
1: Hello, we are back in our studio this week with Emma Parnell who is an amazing service designer um, specialising in user-centred design. Emma runs an agency called Joy and has over 15 years experience in the industry. So Emma, did you want to sort of introduce yourself and then we'll kick off with some questions around what you would do on a stranded desert island to run your business?
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's nice to see you both and nice to be here on a rare sunny Friday, I think, oh. in January. I guess you, you gave a bit of an intro about me but I've been working as a designer for yeah about 15 years now. I started out life as a graphic designer working in kind of food and drink packaging until I kind of had one of those moments where you are like what am I doing with my life (laughs) and decided to move away from that. I didn't really know what I wanted to move towards but I knew kind of what I wanted to move away from and I kind of gradually sidestepped my way into user-centred design via a stint as a creative strategist while I'm in New Zealand which was a lovely time and my move into service design kind of coincided with my move back to the UK really. So I've been doing that for about the last kind of eight to nine years, working primarily in consultancy for kind of lots of different Organizations, which was a a lovely time. And then I worked in house for a while. But it was while I was at NHS Digital during a pandemic, which was obviously an interesting time, Mm -hmm. that I decided it was time to kind of go out on my own and and launch my own business and and kind of try my hand at freelance. It's something I'd kind of thought about for a while on and off, but it had never really felt like the right time. But it did at that point because I wasn't very happy. So that's kind of why my business is called Joy, (laughs) because Mm -hmm. that's what I was uh, searching for. So, yeah, I've been kind of running Joy for about a year now. which has been a lovely year working mainly with charities to help them. Embed um, users and design into their organisations. Running, you know, a wide variety of different service design projects, primarily with them. But I have kind of done bits and bobs of, of other things around kind of product design and user research. You know, all the kind of things that sit alongside service design, I suppose. And yeah, my first year was very much a, an experiment, really, kind of getting back to being a hands-on designer. Kind of figuring out what brings me joy and kind of what I want to do more of and what I want to do less of. And uh, yeah, I'm just embarking on my second year so wish me luck
1: (laughs) that's really exciting I feel like I love your Emma's LinkedIn is really good for anyone who yeah you should go and give her a follow because your week notes that you do we met when you just started didn't we and through an an online community um, called Upfront pretty much every week since then you've documented your journey and I just feel like that's a really good job in kind of telling people about the journey. I can be working really openly and transparently. Um, which yeah I think is really is really good. It's I always enjoy reading those.
0: Consistency is so hard to achieve, isn't it? But it's so powerful when you do, especially if you're working in communities or with communities.
2: It's not been that easy. I, I certainly have not done it every single week and I definitely had a little bit of a dip towards the end of last year. I recently kind of moved on to writing on stuff back which kind of maybe try and force me to do it every week I do love doing it it's just it's quite hard when you're maybe not in the best space I try and do mine on a Monday um, to kind of kickstart the week and I definitely had a kind of fairly good run last year of things I want to write about kind of just popping into my head and getting going with it but it's those days where you kind of are grasping for something to write about that feel quite difficult I think but yeah I've loved it and I've got amazing feedback from people about it it's almost been a bit of a organic way to promote my business and what I do without feeling like I'm promoting it if you know what I mean I'm just kind of sharing what I'm doing and and being quite kind of naturally me I think which feels like the right way for me to do it so um, Mm. yeah it's been fun and hopefully do more of it this year
0: have you found that that's been a successful way to promote the business
2: yeah, I actually have. Um, mm-hmm. I get a few people reaching out to me to talk to me about kind of going freelance. It feels like it's kind of more and more the thing people are wanting to do these days, and it's always something I end up talking to people about when I launched. The business, I kind of knew that would be something I would have to do, and I think I maybe came up with this. So I also do a a content series called Friday Joy on a Friday, where I promote the work of other people, and I because I had been writing in the past as well, but it was kind of more sporadic. It was more about my work rather than kind of quite maybe not the kind of type of writing I do now. So I had kind of been doing a bit of that, and I just kind of thought, okay, I'm going to have to do something. So I'll write on a Monday, and I'll do this thing on a Friday where I shout about other people's work, and I just thought. Well, I knew consistency was a thing for, you know, the, the algorithms and all that. So I thought if I can just stay in people's minds, then that'll be a good start. But it's definitely been a lot more successful than I imagined. Um, I don't know for sure that that's where I get my work from, but pretty much everyone I talk to about work like, tells me they read what I write. So I've kind of got a sneaking suspicion that it's um, playing a big part in me getting the work that I'm getting, which is nice because I enjoy doing it. It doesn't feel like a chore, you know?
0: Mm, yeah. So you have one phone in your treasure chest um, and it's survived the storm, kind of, because there are only two two apps left. You can turn it <laughs> on, but you just got two, unfortunately. Luckily, they're your favourite apps,
2: which is great.
0: so what's the first one? Which one are you gonna open
2: first? Am I so just clarify, am I running my business from this island or am I just? You,
0: something yeah, well,
2: You don't
1: have to. I mean, it's up to you. You can just stop it off. Yeah. I mean, you're running a business, but you're having a good time as well.
2: Okay. Well, that's that's a good segue, because I think that's kind of how I'm approaching running a business, really, Um, which probably points to why i would choose the first app which for me is airbnb which i spend way too much time on but one of my kind of reasons for going freelance was to take more time off and travel more and go on holiday more which if i'm on a desert island i think i'm I'm winning at right but oh, <laughs> actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, I love to travel i'm trying to, yeah, build more kind of breaks into my working year. I actually, like, didn't think I'd achieved it as well as I thought last year, but when I counted up my holiday days, I had taken 66 days off, which I thought was quite good. Amazing, but I quite really? that's so funny. Telling me that I, my aim is 90 <laughs> for this year, so... Um,
1: <gasps> wow, we'll yeah. love that. That so always, cool. that inspired me, though, when you did your yearly roundup. I was like, that's, yeah, why don't I do that? I I need to count them again because I was like really have
2: I really done that I mean I did take quite a long break off for Christmas because we we went away and um, then I just kind of rolled down to Christmas but yeah I kind of last year I had a break and I like to travel solo as well my partner can't afford to go on all these holidays because he has a full-time job so I went on a little (laughs) trip. Yeah, I know, right. on <laughs> um, a little solo trip to Sicily in April. I think April is going to become maybe a little bit of a habit for me. I'm currently like on Airbnb all the time trying to plan my current April trip, which I think might be Portugal. But yeah, and then I'm, I'm hopefully going to take some more time off in summer this year. I didn't do that last year because of how my work pattern fell. But I I am definitely a summer human being. I thrive in sunshine. So I'm hoping I can maybe get away with like all of August off or something mad like that.
0: Sounds like you need
2: winter sun then. This time last year, we were just getting back from Tenerife, which was just blissful because it was our first trip away post-pandemic and just swimming in the morning. I love to swim. It's the only exercise I've ever managed to... (laughs) sticker so going down and swimming with just the sun on my face in January just gave me all the endorphins you know.
1: That's amazing I feel like you've kind of set that I don't know if you intentionally set that goal but I feel Mm -hmm. like that's it's one thing saying oh I'm gonna take you know more holiday I'm gonna have more time off but it's like another thing actually acting on it I think it feels like your reasons for starting the business like more joy basically like you said it feels like you have actually are living that, which in the first year is really impressive.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of thought, well, what's the point in doing it if you're not going to get what you want yeah. out of it? And I guess, you know, part of that is, you know, you're a little bit beholden to kind of the work patterns and when it comes in and what you get and all that jazz. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of grateful that I've had a, a really good first year and I'm not going to attribute that all to luck because I have worked yeah. hard at it. Yeah you know, then why not kind of get what you want out of it? That's the whole point, right? Otherwise, yeah. you know, might as well be in a full-time job and be limited on how much holiday you can take. And I love to travel, so that, that helps, you know, like I like to do it, you know. Um, um, so. Do you work while you're away? Sorry? Do, do, do you work while you're away or do you just... Sure. i haven't um at the moment i was talking to someone about this the other day about kind of boundaries when you are away and stuff i haven't done the whole work from somewhere else thing um i have thought about it but at the moment i'm kind of a bit like when I'm away, I kind of just want to be away. But I think in terms of the kind of boundaries thing, when I was in a full-time job, I would have that, especially the last job I had, you know, was very intense and I'd be very stressed and just building up and up and up until that day where you go away and then you're down towards, you close everything and you go off on holiday. But it takes you a whole week to like calm down because you're so stressed out. So I would only, I would only ever take a week, just wouldn't work for me. With freelance, I felt a lot different, way less stressed on a day-to-day basis so while I can't ever totally switch off because clients might have things or whatever I'll get three emails while I'm I'm away not 30 and I don't mind answering those three emails and I am quite good at putting boundaries in place with clients that was one of my kind of successes of last year I think to just be like look I'm away if the house burns down then call me but mm. otherwise yeah. like my friend used to say there's not really such a thing as a design emergency which actually yeah. when I worked in the NHS there probably was but yeah
1: <laughs> when well, I was about to say I mean obviously I'm a designer too and I was about to say we're not exactly saving lives but you actually were in your last job so yeah, that's yeah. true <laughs> I trust me I didn't enjoy
2: it but yeah. it, there was it was a thing then so yeah okay. but not,
1: what about then your first book so it can be a book or a resource that kind of inspires you and you know day to day or that you feel like you couldn't run your business without or that's just massively inspired you I guess
2: yeah this is funny because I went to look for this book before the podcast because like, I'll just get a little stack of my books at the side just to remind me I can't find it <laughs> <laughs> so it turns out when I know I don't use it on a day-to-day basis so it's not a book I can't run my business without but I think it's a book that inspired me like right in the early days of my leadership journey in inverted commerce. and It's definitely something I've taken with me on my journey into running my own business. And I Mm. think, you know, through the writing that I do and the the way that I operate, I'd like to think I kind of do live by that. And um, I do really believe in it. You know, it's really worked well for me from a business perspective so far, Touchwood, and I hope it will continue to to, to work in that way. So, um, yeah,
1: massive yeah. Breno Brown fangirl here. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. And I love that book in particular as well. Like, I've not read all of hers, but a couple, I've read a couple and that one stood out a lot, I think. Actually, yeah. that just made me want to reread it. I mean, hopefully somebody else picked, like found it in your locker and read it. I know, and,
2: right? Maybe I paid it
1: forward. Yeah, that would be an nice thought.
0: <laughs> so... We've all played this before, we're doing a little Would You Rather? And this is probably an easy one actually. Would you rather use a paper diary or notes or would you prefer to go digital?
2: Oh, do you know what I'd love to use paper diary. I love paper. But it just doesn't work for me. So yeah, my digital diary is my life. I basically run my entire business on Google Calendar, which probably tripped me up a little bit last year because I'm quite a kind of anal planner, but only short term. So my next week will be like thoroughly and like specifically planned out by Friday. I'll know exactly where I'm going to be when I'm going to be. If someone tries to mess with that, then good luck to them. Um, <laughs> But I struggle <laughs> to plan much further ahead than that. I've never been one of these people that has like a five or 10 year plan. Like Christ knows how people do that. I've got no idea. I'll have, you know, goals for the year and stuff. But where it tripped me up was that uh, I tend to have two, three clients on at the same time. So had more than that sometimes last year. I was planning all my projects in Google Calendar. <laughs> I didn't really realise when workshops were all going to be in the same week and things like that. Okay. So one of my things yeah. for this year was to try and get another planning tool on the go, which I haven't yet done. All I've started doing is putting, like, big holds in my Google Calendar to say there might be a workshop this week. I will see. But, yeah, no. I, love, I love paper and I, love, I, do, I do use notebooks. Like, I love... I use notebooks over digital for kind of notes, but for calendar and for planning, like I'm Google Calendar all the way.
0: (laughs) We've used Asana quite a lot recently, and we've kind of plugged in the whole schedule. And every time the schedule just slips, and then you have to go and cross-reference your Google Calendar or your iCal against the slipped schedule, and you're like, what? Earth is going on, this is really, really confusing. So, yeah, that is my goal for the month, actually, it was to find a kind of AI time management tool. I think that would be really, really helpful. Is just like, and there are loads now, apparently. There's Motion, which we've been looking into, and then someone recommended another one um, to me yesterday. I can't remember what it's called now, but um, I'm quite looking forward to giving that a go just to try and, Plan time a bit more effectively because I'm just not a very good time planner.
2: I need a long term thing that plugs into my calendar that can like flash up. I think that's it. You might have a workshop
0: here. (laughs) And move stuff around. I think moving stuff around when it doesn't happen is really key. You know, like finding alternative slots.
1: Yeah. I feel like there's not really something, well, not that I've found that does all of quite does everything you want it to do does it and and also like works across all of your devices and me and Rose actually had this conversation yesterday I like really kind of down to the why track my time all the time so if I emailing etc pers- personal things if I need to do a like a personal errand in the day I track my time and <laughs> I think that's so weird buddy. why would you track your personal time I just can't get
0: my head around that
1: to start with it was like to give me a realistic view of how I was spending my time and where I could better like You know, am I spending too much time emailing? How much time am I spending on this? But now it's just a habit and I don't even check it. So it's just completely pointless, but it just made like the amount of time I then spend on it because I will track my time for planning my next week, planning my next day. I'm actually going to go and have a look after this, how much time I spend doing that. And that's basically dragging things around in my Google calendar that I have overestimated my ability to get a lot done. So yeah, but I just realized yesterday when Rose was like, that's really weird that you do that so maybe i should stop
0: <laughs> it's a bit like overdoing, maybe like you, it may become a bit of a sort of yeah a bit much a habit that's a little bit too far
2: <laughs> where do you stop you know like can i can i find out the data on how much time you spent like taking post parcels to the post office or probably that? probably on the yeah. toilet that
1: would, <laughs> that would all, that would all, I do check my emails on the toilet, which is an absolutely terrible, bad, <laughs> like awful thing to do. But I, I can't. We all it. do it, Maddie. We all do okay. it. Oh, it's the
0: best place to check your emails, to be honest. like It's dead time, isn't it? So, yeah, I might as well spend it on something.
1: It's <laughs> also warm because it's next to like my <laughs> toilet, is next to my handrail. So, right now, when you know, it's freezing, it's quite a nice place to be, to be honest. Lovely.
0: That sounds like a really nice
1: place to work. <laughs> oh, God. That was it was a, moving yeah. swiftly on from, moving on from that. Okay, so you're on the island and you can see someone appearing over the horizon who is going to come in and help you run your business. Who would that be and why?
2: Uh, this is a really hard one. Um If I'm going to run my business, then I wouldn't say no to Lauren Curry, I think, from up front, coming and hanging out for a while. Yeah, I really admire how she's kind of developed and grown up front over the years, especially over the last year, and how she kind of shares and markets the the company with a similar kind of authenticity, I think, to to how I do with Joy. Um, But I think she'd also be quite a good cheerleader. Like, yeah she's, she's good at kind of lifting people up isn't she so yeah if I was alone on a desert island I'd probably be a bit I'd be like happy for a while because I'd be like oh yay it's all sunny and but I'd quite quickly get bored I think so I'd need yeah. someone to lift my spirits
1: I think yeah I think Lauren would be good fun she yeah, yeah I think she's got a sense of humor but she's also an amazing businesswoman so, yeah that is a really good choice um <laughs> yeah I think she'd be someone who you'd if you were in like a low moment, she'd have something <laughs> inspirational to say. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's a good choice.
0: She sounds like a great person. Do you know her personally?
1: Yeah, and me and Emma you? actually so Lauren runs a community for women, um, all about building confidence basically, isn't it? And we that's how me and Emma met.
0: Me too. Oh, okay, cool. So what's the second book that you're going to unpack from your treasure chest? What do you reach for when the going
2: gets tough? I didn't really have a clear second book, which is why I brought kind of a a big pile of them. This is partly why I was quite scared to do this podcast, because I don't really think I, I use many, like resources in what I do. I think just make it all up as I go along. I think when the going gets tough I crawl under a blanket and eat chocolate orange rather than read a book to be oh, honest. But... Chocolate yeah. orange, that is the <laughs> absolute go-to when the going gets exactly. tough. To exactly. It's, so it's probably not a helpful thing to do. but it's Not just for Christmas. Exactly, no. thank you. It's an all-year-round chocolate, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, yeah. yeah, I think some of the tough moments I have are kind of when I'm trying to plan something on my own, i think one of the hardest things about being a kind of solo business owner is is working by yourself a lot and i definitely kind of second guess myself a lot and i'm like is this the right thing to do and i run quite a lot of workshops and have to kind of come up with creative ideas for how to plan those so i tend to reach for kind of method books when i'm a bit stuck when i'm a bit like oh god what shall i do in this session so an oldie but a goodie is this is service design doing which is um like a service design methods like bible that's all on Line now so i don't actually ever reach for the book technically but i got two new ones recently that i can't vouch for because they've literally just one one was a christmas gift and one i, I panic purchased last weekend because i knew i had to plan a workshop on monday which was creative acts for curious people which is quite design thinkingy written by someone uh, who is linked to stanford d school and then Someone I um, crossed paths with last year recommended this one to me from a co-design perspective, which is something I want to do more of this year, which is called Convivial Toolbox, which apparently has lots of kind of practical approaches to kind of participatory research, which I want to kind of do more of this year. So those two I haven't kind of used as much. um, But yeah, I think for me, it's kind of method books when I'm kind of struggling to figure out what to do, really, once Mm. I've crawled out from my blanket. (laughs) And much of <laughs>
1: yeah. just once you've eaten the whole chocolate orange I feel like you have to have that moment though if something difficult does happen you can't just dive into being motivated or reading a book or something you I feel like everyone has to have that moment of feeling a bit sorry for yourself and yeah, and yeah. then it's like once you've come through that that's why when you then look for inspiration of like how to get through something or what can you read that helps solve that problem?
2: Yeah I, I did used to try I, I definitely used to be that person that tried to like get through something with productivity because when I am someone that like is quite productive and when I achieve something that kind of gives me a hit so I always used to think I just keep going and do some stuff and you'll feel better but like Mm -hmm. if it's something really tough that you're really struggling with like that's just not really possible it's also not very good for you so yeah I've been better with that recently probably since I've been freelance really to just be like look like give yourself space to process this and if that involves doing nothing for half a day then so be it you know you'll you'll be more productive after it but that's definitely something I've kind of battled with over the years
1: I would say mm-hmm. I remember a coach I I've worked with called Imogen who was my, who was actually my um person that I would want to wash up on the island with me I remember her talk, talking to me about kind of things that you do that you fit like to relax but are secret forms of productivity mm-hmm. so that could be like exercise for example you're like well I want to clear my mind but and by doing that, I'm gonna go for a run or whatever, but actually that's just a sneaky form of like being productive. So <laughs> I
0: found one of them recently though, know, and that is knitting.
1: And oh,
2: I'm yeah. not good knitting knitting. in the
0: pandemic. Yeah. yeah, so I I don't know how to knit anything except a long line of saying, I'm all about scarves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, scarves. So I'm knitting a scarf right now and I think I can do purl, like knit stitch and pearl stitch. Yeah, still getting there. But honestly, I don't really even care what comes out of it at the end. And it's the it's the act of doing it and an hour before bed of knitting and I will sleep. Sleep quite soundly. And it just turns my mind off. It just let it just is a break. It's just yeah. a form of active meditation i think because meditation yeah, is really nice good isn't it i've been really slack yeah. recently
2: because i finished my second scarf and then i was like i haven't knitted since so I, on my january list actually is start third scarf what i'm going to do with all these scarves i, I don't know but <laughs> oh, maybe we'll start right? a like, yeah great idea or just store them up for next christmas or exactly. birthdays or
0: whatever i mean every even if they're rubbish if you get something that someone's made Thing, right or
2: stitch them all together and make a blanket exactly exactly i did when not. i was having like this is another example of me not resting when i was having a massive mental health crisis in the nhs i in my head and in a notebook designed a knitting brand that i was going to launch called chunk which
1: was oh, all chunky knitted yeah. things so
0: yeah
1: <laughs> you're welcome but i mean yeah sneaky productivity though i know sorry <laughs> 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 Okay, so what about your, can you tell us about, you know, your, either your first or hardest job and, yeah, what it taught you? Oh, my first or hardest?
2: <laughs> I think my hardest has to be NHS Digital, doesn't it, really? I think my first job would probably be a funnier story. But, yeah, I think, yeah, the hardest job was NHS Digital. So I spent, like, a year and a half working there, um, all during the pandemic. So started and left in it. And I think I will. I think I, I always say to people it will be like my best and worst job all at the same time. I think the good bits were just. I mean, being a part of something that was really valuable. You were helping in a in a crisis. You know, I remember when the pandemic first hit, and I think a lot of us just felt like we we needed to do something to help. Right, and I guess not everybody had. Outlets like I did, and being a part of the team that designed the COVID nineteen vaccination service was amazing. You know, I finally designed something that I could point to my parents, and they understood what I did for yeah, them. This but
1: is it. what my job is. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> they now have no idea again, but there was a, there was a fleeting moment. That know, everyone <laughs> wow. it,
0: yeah,
2: which was nice. And, and designing a service of that scale, you know, I'll, I'll likely never do that again. So there were definite highs and. You know the 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 quality of digital delivery in that place is insane. It's amazing. Just seeing, you know, how people manage to get stuff out so quickly and safely as well. You know, and some of the learnings that I took from that were great and will stay with me for a long time. But equally, I witnessed chaos. Like I hope to never witness again and, you know, seeing some of the difficulties around different organisations at that national level, figuring out how to work together. And that wasn't just pandemic related. That was just NHS at a national level being in a bit of a mess, to be frank. And that impacted me day to day. I think that plus the pandemic, plus, you know, me being in my first Mm -hmm. proper in-house role in a gigantic organisation, which I'd never worked in anywhere more than about thirty people before, so it was a lot of thirsts, like all wrapped up together in a big mm. ball of crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was really, it was really hard, and yeah, that's what led to me kind of setting up on my own, really. Um, mm-hmm. So I quit my job in a blaze of glory in the middle of buying a flat, which I wouldn't recommend to anybody, but <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> it all worked out, and I still got a mor- still got a mortgage, and they still think I work there. So I, don- I don't no, tell them. <laughs> listening
0: just uh yeah so it sounds like that was potentially your big break or like a pivotal moment on realization in your career could we assume that Um, on that
2: project it was definitely I don't know about a big break it was definitely a pivotal moment in my career with regard to Finding the confidence to go out and do my own thing, which definitely fits better with me as a human. So, it, yeah, it was definitely a kind of important moment in my career. Um,
0: what was the lesson? What was the key takeaway from that?
2: If you are getting up for work and you are not excited to go, like, stop going. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, I obviously can't just like walk out, but um, which I did. Yeah. I did give them a nice three month notice period. But, I don't know. It, it kind of it was definitely a moment where I thought. I just need to get back to enjoying my work and that's okay that's allowed you know I think sometimes we just fall into this like career trajectory where we just keep climbing and climbing up this ladder of leadership and more money and more promotions and all that jazz and I just thought well the NHS is an organisation I could have worked in for the rest of my career you know I could have stayed there and moved around and, and grown into more senior roles Um that, you know, good pension and all that jazz and the kind of sensible thoughts of the world probably would have said, oh, yeah, keep doing, keep going. But I just thought, well, no, that's not what's important to me. What's important to me is enjoying my work that's why i trained to be a designer you know i enjoyed design and i i'd always made my choices based on what i liked doing and what kind of made me happy so it was that i think it was just having that moment and permit giving myself permission to do that i think as well to be like that's okay it's your life you can choose you know and there might be people that think you're a bit bonkers, but so be it.
1: Yeah, it's almost it's weird, isn't it? But It's almost like permission. If you're in a difficult situation, it's almost like you're somehow looking for permission. But it's like when you actually just give it to yourself, that's when it you can actually change your situation. And a lot of people tend, I don't know if you've had this, but when you kind of, if you go self-employed from like a, a stable job that people think is, you know, the right thing to do, it's like people think that that's really brave, but also it's like, well, actually staying in a job where you're not happy is, I don't know, it's just not worth it, is it? Whenever people have said that to me, oh, it's really brave, you know, being self-employed, it's like, I just don't see it like that because you have more clients or, and I feel like the pandemic taught me that just because you're in an employed job, it doesn't necessarily mean your job's safe. Whereas I felt safer because you lose one client and that's not the end of your business you no know, you have
2: more control people. I think which is a big mm. part of why I went freelance and started my own thing I kind of am someone who likes to be in control and I think mm. you know that that life gives you that and you know if, if things aren't going well it's within your power to to change mm. it right rather than that decision being made for you which it, it was made for a lot of people during the pandemic
1: yeah yeah. So what about uh, your second app? Yeah. What would you be opening next? <laughs> I knew you were going
2: to ask me this next, which is why I wasn't fully paying attention when you were talking just then. So was like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to use. Um... <laughs> And I think the rules are that I can't choose WhatsApp, right? Yeah, WhatsApp is banned. Which, if I was on a desert island without anyone, to be fair, would be what I would pick because I would need friends in my life. So if I can't choose WhatsApp, I'd probably have to choose Twitter, especially if I'm going to continue to run my business because... I mean, actually, not Twitter now. Can I choose Twitter like two years ago? Yeah. <laughs> Pre-Elon Twitter, please. Right would be nice. Because I've I've found a community there of people who work in the service design space and it's been a really important kind of space for me, I think, over the years. I kind of joined it when I moved into service design, I don't know, like 8 9 years ago I've only ever used it for work you know I don't follow Elon <laughs> or any other celebrities or anything like that I I have purely built a community of people who work in kind of user centered design and i love that community when i moved from graphic design to service design and kind of start speaking to people online but also at in-person events and stuff i was like everyone's so nice why is everyone so nice like i, I like it here you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and kind of organically kind of built that up over the years and mainly just used it for kind of professional development really and reading you know a lot of people in my industry will write about their work so reading and A lot about what other people are up to and that naturally led I think to me growing my own writing habit and kind of slowly building the confidence to kind of write and and share things but it is that community it's that kind of supportive community as well where if things have gone wrong people will pick you up and I've made friends via it you know I've got friends who I see in real life now that I kind of met on Twitter which yeah I mean it all makes me sound like a massive nerd doesn't it but um I just really like the community there and if I can't have my personal life friends then I'll have my work friends please mm-hmm. I've cheated the system sorry <laughs>
1: I like that. I don't use Twitter personally or for work. Like literally, I think I had it when I was about 14 and that was the <laughs> last time I've ever been on Twitter. But I don't know if I've ever heard anybody sort of talking about how nice everyone is. You, or I guess what I mean is all you hear is like <laughs> Trump being banned or, or like whatever, yeah. like negativity. But it's nice to hear that actually you can find like pockets of supportive communities on there. Yeah I mean don't get me wrong
2: I know and especially you know these days um, it's definitely got a lot to answer for and I know there are people in particular communities that may not feel safe there anymore which is why it's going down a slippery slope I think but um, that's quite sad I think and there are a lot of people who you know found a similar community to me that are kind of feeling a bit disappointed by um, Mm -hmm. the fact that that's kind of falling away now I think but You know, digital progresses and changes over the years, doesn't it? So I'm sure something else will appear or it will sort itself out or Elon will quit, fingers crossed. (laughs) Um, I mean, it's not all to do with him, has not he? But he sacked half the staff, which I don't think helped. But um, anyway, let's not go down a Twitter rabbit hole.
0: (laughs) If we fast forward to uh, the end of your life, sorry, bring the mood down. And um, (laughs) we're thinking about... What you'd like to be remembered for. What's that? What's written on your grave?
2: Oh my God, I think this is one of the questions I was maybe going to tell you not to ask me because I didn't know. What to say. <laughs> um, what's written on my grave? Um, I don't think any of this would be written on my grave because people only write small things on people's graves, don't they? So maybe this is at my funeral. But um I don't know. I don't think I want to be necessarily remembered for being some kind of superstar designer or anything I think I'd rather be remembered for kind of kindness and maybe helping other people I'm really enjoying the kind of mentoring work I'm doing at the moment through joy that's kind of just happened fairly organically really like I offer these kind of walk and talk sessions where people looking to get into the industry or um, move into the industry can book just half an hour chat with me and we go for a walk together usually I am sometimes (laughs) under a blanket sorry (laughs) with a chocolate orange yeah not always with a chocolate orange but um (laughs) yeah where we we just I just help them anyway I can really. And that's kind of organically grown into me. Um, this year, I'm going to develop a, a mentoring programme, basically, for people looking to for women and, and people who identify as women and, and non-binary to move into freelance and hopefully build kind of a supportive community through that and I I get quite a lot of joy out of that work you know it makes me feel good helping other people and we always have really nice conversations so I'd probably like prefer to be remembered for kind of my kindness and my helping of others and my generosity and openness and honesty with my writing um, and things like that Um, hopefully I've designed some services that have Helped some people and made the world better as well. Yeah, Yeah. we'll see. Hopefully, I won't find out for a
1: while. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, (laughs) that's really nice. I feel like though, if there was something written on your grave, it would just have to be joy, wouldn't it? I know, right? Could I get a yellow yellow grave? Yeah, yeah. some yellow (laughs) flowers, maybe. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. yellow flowers, please. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so moving on now to your third and final book. So this is the one that you wish you'd written yourself.
2: Oh, I didn't bring this one. This is I don't know if I wish I'd written it myself yet yeah, or not because I haven't finished reading it, but... <laughs> <laughs> a lovely lady called Kate Tarling has recently launched a new book called The Service Organization, which there are not many people write books about service design. I'm not gonna lie, there tends to be like one every few years that the whole community just gathers around and grabs hold of. But I think this one in particular has been kind of crying out to be written because it's about how you shift your organization to be service led, basically. So it's the kind of the bigger picture, it's almost the next move on from the last service design book that everyone got. Around which was good services finally down, um, which is more focused on the actual services and what makes a good service and how you design a, a service well. But this is wider than that. This is about you know organisations and culture and how practically you you work to shift some of that, which a lot of us in the service design world are doing now, especially if we're working in house. So I am going to say it with full faith that I will hope I've written it by the end of reading it. But um, I'm currently only about one chapter in. <laughs>
0: nice. Okay, brilliant. Thank you. It's really interesting, isn't it, when there's not a lot written on a certain subject? So the books that do get written are immediate successes because people just grab onto them. Yeah, I should I write. Thinking, Maybe, shouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was going to say, you like writing. What I know, do like? I do.
2: It is a secret yeah. dream of mine to write a book, to be honest. So,
0: well, um, it I sounds did, uh... like that could be
2: a
1: go-up for you. <laughs> You've put it out there now on a podcast, so no, now not that's account- now, to be honest. Accountability <laughs> will be, yeah. We'll see, we'll see. It's yeah. not very secret anymore, is it? So,
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your luxury item? What is that one thing you're not going to be able to live without on the desert island and why?
2: What's my luxury item? This doesn't have to be to do with running a business, right?
1: Oh no! no. What's going to keep you sane? What's going to keep? Maddie you... wanted a cup of tea.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I love that.
2: Can we kind of take like a friend? Like that would be my Aww, luxury. Item. Nice.
0: I don't want to
2: be by myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: take a friend. I thought you were going to say a chocolate orange, but <laughs> well, that I would be like, like, I wouldn't eat
2: laugh. chocolate orange. I eat chocolate orange from the fridge, so unless I can take a fridge of chocolate oh, oranges, okay. that's not <laughs> um, so can... I mean, you could do that if you wanted to, but I feel um, like a fridge
0: that was constantly restocked by exactly.
2: magic. <laughs> I think I'd have to take a friend. I'd take my best friend, Jen. She would come with me. We would have lots of fun and it would make it, yeah, it would make me less sad if I had a friend there with me. I think. Is she resourceful? Would she
0: be able to build a fire?
2: We would figure could, it out together. Could
0: yeah. she hunt some food? Is she a hunter gatherer?
2: I think we would. We would figure it. I mean, we've done life together for a long time now, um, <laughs> okay. and we've we've managed to get through it. So
0: I think. If push came to shove, would you eat her?
2: No, I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna eat. No. Her, no. <laughs> <laughs> We'll do. We'll do the notebook. And just thinking
0: away. of all the ways that she could contribute to uh you know, <laughs> It's gone, bit, gone a bit dark.
2: I think. I think we'll dark. just pull up and and slowly fade away together. That would be more romantic. I think. Yeah. All oh, right.
0: Last night. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is like a dark end. Have you got one last joyful question? Or <laughs> you... a really joyful course,
0: my best friend dying together yeah that that is
1: really dark sorry Sorry, it's only (laughs) because rose on her episode was eating the person that she bought to help her grow up (laughs) so um, i don't know this question could could also be dark or could be really positive it's up up to you really what in your opinion has got to change either for yourself or for the world
2: Oh, wow. God, we've got two minutes left. Like, that is a big question to ask right at the end. I mean, we are Yeah, there's quite a lot that has to change at the moment, hasn't there? Like, let's yeah. be honest, we're not in a good place. My usual answer to this would be around trans rights and gender inclusion and getting to a place where we all... Feel like we can all live happily in the same planet as each other without throwing hate and discrimination around. But, um, and that still stands, but I think most recently the crisis in the NHS is just, you know, that's had a personal impact on me and my family. And, you know, turning on the news and seeing story after story every day now, it's absolutely horrifying. And that's not to say that there aren't other things, bigger crises, climate change, and everything else that's happening. But I think. this country at the moment this is where our energies need to be focused and i'd love to do more work in health this year i'd love to try and kind of play a small part it's hard to see how design can help when it's in such dire straits really even i'd like to think it can in some way but it's it's hard to get past that whole feeling like you want to fix the whole thing i've been in there you can't fix the whole thing it's gigantic so i need to try and find little pieces of the system to try and have an impact on but um unless we unless we make that our priority this year people are going to continue to die and um yeah we've brought it back to death Um, so that's good (laughs) Um, but uh yeah let's try and let's try and stop that from happening let's try and stop that yeah
0: yeah (laughs) all right let's end on a high what is if let's let's bring a bit of magic to this whole situation you've got a chance to leave a message in a bottle to your younger self so what are you going to tell
2: them oh man alive god probably
0: just calm okay, down let's make this really joyful this is what kind of joy are you going to bring to that world? My
2: younger self was not to a joyful person. World. My younger self was a stressed out ball of anxiety. So I'd probably just tell her to calm down. It's all going to be okay,
1: I think. Just chill. Just yeah. chill.
0: Out. Just get a chocolate orange and yeah. chill out. Just have yeah. a nice time because it just gets harder. <laughs> All right, we tried to bring the joy. You did try. (laughs) You did try. Tried (laughs)
1: really hard. Thank you. That was yeah, really good. Feel like there's some good um yeah, good bits in there. But um thank you for joining us, Emma. That's okay. Thank you for having me. It definitely wasn't as scary as I thought it was gonna be.